Do you like free stuff? I do. BlueprintMCAT.com. Go sign up for a free account. Get access to Blueprint MCAT's Diagnostic, Blueprint MCAT's Full Length One, Blueprint MCAT's amazing brand new space repetition platform with over 1,600 flashcards already made for you, as well as their amazing study planner tool. Schedule out the content so you know if you are on track to take the MCAT when you need to. Again, that's blueprintmcat.com for all of those free goodies. The MCAT Podcast, session number 174. A collaboration between the medical school headquarters and Blueprint MCAT. The MCAT Podcast is free MCAT prep to help you understand the MCAT, teach you how to break down questions, and give you the skills and confidence to get the score you want on your MCAT test day. Learn more about Blueprint MCAT at blueprintprep.com slash MCAT. A collaboration between the medical school headquarters and Next Step Test Prep, the MCAT Podcast is here to make sure you have the information you need to succeed on your MCAT test day. We all know that the MCAT is one of the biggest hurdles you'll face as a pre-med, and we're here to give you the motivation and information that you need to know to help get you the score you deserve so you can one day call yourself a physician. Now, welcome to the MCAT Podcast. My name is Dr. Ryan Gray. Thank you so much for taking some time to be here today to learn from myself and Phil from Next Step Test Prep. If this is your first time listening, welcome to the MCAT Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe in Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you listen to podcasts. We're going to dive into another great subject today, diving more into psych and much more. We're going to dive into some more great MCAT information for you today. Let's go and say hi to Phil. Phil back for some more MCAT podcast. I think this week we're going to talk about some social interactions, which I know you kind of struggle with sometimes, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> just I'm locked down in my basement. Right? <laughs> I, I got to get out there and see the sun. Actually, like the winter, uh, like sun hours have been killing me. My sleep cycle is all messed up. You, you need to get, get one of the sad lights. Yeah, exactly. The seasonal affective disorder lights, not just ones that are sad in case you yes. guys are trying to shop for a while. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the blue lights, they're sad. It's the best um, acronym I've ever heard. SAD, seasonal yeah. affective disorder. Yeah. Um, okay. So again, we're digging into this double AMC outline. Again, if you haven't listened to any of the previous episodes, I super recommend you do the last uh, month or so. We've been diving into this outline, really helping you understand what's on the MCAT and especially for this psych social section, which is really hard to say, um, diving into some of the more complicated definitions and, and potentially seeing how they will show up on the test. Yeah, exactly. So we're going to do a little bit of role playing. All right. Actually, probably not. We're going to talk about roles, though. <laughs> um, and not like, you know, buttered roles. I know like Thanksgiving. Mm, Hawaiian, Hawaiian roles. Yeah, those are the good ones. Um, but we're going to talk about role conflict, which is when people fight over those okay. or role strain. Okay. Um, so role con first off a role, like people have roles, right? Like you have a role. I have a role. Hey, we all my have weight has nothing to do with this podcast. <laughs> you have a jelly roll, right? <laughs> exactly. Um, but like we all have kind of a different roles. Like I'm a sibling. I'm a teacher. I'm a friend. I'm a son. Right. And all of these are different roles that, you know, I act differently in. I'm going to act different around my friends and my students and my parents, right? Like the jokes I might tell around one group, I might not tell in front of my mom. Mm -hmm. um, 
So we all have these different roles and role conflict and role strain occur when we start to have issues with those roles. So okay. role conflict is when roles start to overlap and interfere with each other. And this is something that every medical student ever has experienced. And this is like, you know, I want to be a great medical student, but I also want to be a great son. Mm -hmm. And I had like a really big problem. It was my mom's, uh, it was a big birthday for her. It was her 50th birthday when I was in med school. But I had an exam like on the Tuesday after that. And like, I really want to go home and see my parents because I wasn't in the same state in medical school as my family was. And so I wanted to go home and see my family, be a good son. You know, it's a big birthday, but I also have an exam and like, I want to be a good medical student. And these things do not play nice together. Um, do you have any big role conflicts that you find yourself like struggling with? Um, nothing that comes to mind. I'm sure I have tons of them. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Your, your life is all, um, ironed out and you got a clear, clearly defined boundaries. Of right? course. Yeah. My, yeah. my life is perfect. Obviously. Yeah. So role <laughs> conflict is just when those, uh, there's like interfering between roles and there's interference there. Role strain is a little bit different. This is when you have trouble meeting that role like just by itself and so if i wanted to be a world-class physicist but i am awful at math i'm gonna have problems right yeah. it's not because of like all the other like commitments on my time it's just i'm gonna have there's gonna be strain there as i try to fit this role so well let's let's might... let's put it in context of the student right the, the student wants to be a physician but is terrible at standardized tests and terrible at math and science and yet that's what you need to do well and to get into medical school Right. And yeah, there's going to be some role strain there as you're like trying to fit in. Now, like MCAT is a great example of like creating role strain as people are trying to fit into this role. And maybe it's not always the easiest, cleanest fit there. Mm -hmm. um, and so role strain versus role conflict, it's really important to tell them apart because once again, the MCAT really likes to focus on terms that are very similar. And like both of these have issues with people trying to meet uh, a role. The one is like because another role is interfering and role strain is just you're having trouble meeting um, what that role is. Some of you guys might remember from, uh, I can't remember if it was a week ago or a couple weeks ago, we were, we talked about uh, strain theory as a cause of deviance, as people were having trouble fitting the roles that society said they should be in. And so that causes them to deviate from behavior. It's the same idea here. So strain theory um, as a cause for deviance and also role strain here. It's just like, if you have trouble fitting the roles of society, you're going to start to have some strain and some difficulties there. Okay. So those, those are two of the things that I know students kind of get confused with a lot, uh, role conflict and role strain in HC. The next one is actually uh, going to kind of like jump up a little bit to attachments. And this is something that also has a big kind of crossover into, into like medicine kind of overall. And this is something that I know a lot of doctors kind of think about, especially pediatricians. Mm -hmm. So there's like four main types of attachment. There's secure, avoidant, ambivalent, and then disorganized. And so the secure attachment is what you want, right? That's like a traditional thing where the, um, the kid feels like they're going to be taken care of. And so the parent is a good, attentive parent. And so the kid has, is attached to that parent with a secure sort of attachment. Um, what's going to happen, though, is if the mom leaves, the kid's going to be a little bit upset or the parent leaves, the kid's going to be a little bit upset. But then when the parent returns, the kid's going to feel happier, right? And so this is what we want. I know it sounds weird to say we want the kid to be crying, but we, we do want the kid to cry when the parents leave because that means that there's somewhat of a like healthy relationship going on in there. Sadly, that's not always what happens. 
Um, sometimes parents can be a little inconsistent or even worse, like they just <laughs> don't take care of their kids at all. Um, and so obviously like these are kind of problems and these are things that are kind of like nice for doctors to be able to recognize, right? Like if you work in the ER, you want to be able to like recognize kind of what's going on with these behaviors. Mm -hmm. So an avoidant attachment, this is when the kid doesn't like the, the parent leaves and the kid kind of doesn't care. And then the parent comes back and the kid still kind of doesn't care. And the kid is very emotionally distant and there's, there's not a lot of things going on there. This, this means that the kid probably isn't getting taken care of at all. And mm -hmm. uh, because when the parent leaves, like that actually doesn't change the, the child's like, how well am I going to get taken care of? The parent leaves, it makes no difference. Parent comes back, it makes no difference. So the kid doesn't care if they leave or return. Yeah. Versus, so it's kind of like a teenager. <laughs> yeah, yeah, basically. All teenagers have avoidant attachment. Um, yeah, exactly. Um, ambivalent is kind of close to that, though. Ambivalent is when the, the kid doesn't care if the parent leaves. Or I'm sorry, no, the kid does is like upset when the parent leaves, but then doesn't care when the parent comes back. And the idea there is that that parent is not just like neglecting the child, like happened in avoidance but is just inconsistent. Like sometimes the parent takes care of the kids. Sometimes the parent doesn't. And Ooh, so operant conditioning. Yeah, there we go. Operant conditioning. <laughs> right. And so like when the parent leaves, the kid knows he's not going to get taken care of. And so when the parent leaves, the kid is sad and upset and like anxious. But then when the parent comes back, that doesn't mean they're going to get taken care of mm. because the parent's really inconsistent. So they kind of don't care um, when the parent comes back. And so this ambivalent attachment um, implies that like maybe the the parents are a little bit inconsistent with what's kind of like going on there. Yeah. I, I almost think of like, uh, like thinking about mental health. You, if you have a parent with like bipolar or something, some other mental health disorder, it's like the kid doesn't know, like, is it good mommy or bad mommy today? Right. Exactly. And you might see like ambivalent, you know, behavior, ambivalent attachment in that sort of scenario. Interesting. If the, the parent is bipolar or um, has like borderline personality disorders, a little bit erratic, or honestly, it doesn't always have to be like a big problem. It could be that maybe the parents are divorced and the kid is bouncing back and forth and they don't have someone who's like consistently taking care of them. And so they have like a little bit, you know, they, they feel like they don't have someone they can definitively rely on to take care of them. Um, so it doesn't have to be like necessarily neglect, um, which is what a lot of people want to like immediately jump to. Okay. You, you can also have the last kind is disorganized, which is, I feel like in a lot of, uh, a lot of vocab stuff on the MCAT disorganized just means other, right? So you can have like disorganized schizophrenia, which is just not one of the other types of schizophrenia. Um, disorganized attachment just means not one of the other types of attachments, secure, avoidant, and ambivalent. So with a disorganized attachment, you just have like something weird, right? So this would be like the parent leaves and the kid starts rocking and like humming to themselves or something there, or like the parent comes back and the kid does that, or just something like strange behavior that isn't, that doesn't kind of like fit into one of those other three categories. Um, I actually have a doctor that I worked with when I was in med school. Um, who would occasionally check for these things if he like suspected maybe something was going on. And so what he did is he asked the, the, the parent to run to the, um, the front desk and like really quick, I just need you to sign this form. It's 16D, ask the nurse, they'll give it to you. Like you don't have to take the kid. It'll just take you a second to like run out there and sign it. And then I'll be able to like, I'll watch the kid while you're gone. Um, it'll just take you two seconds. And so the parent will leave and the parent will come back, but 
the the doctor is actually watching the 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 child, um, and when the the parent goes up to the nurse's station, the the nurse knows that 16D means nothing, right? And so mm-hmm. it's just like give them anything to sign, and like it won't really matter. Um, and so that's just a way to kind of like check to like if you maybe suspect something's going on here. Note that, like I said, it doesn't necessarily mean that there's neglect. It doesn't mean that there is, you know, some sort of mistreatment going on. Sometimes children will act differently if there's something going on with them personally, like if they have autism, right? They're not, they're not necessarily going to develop those attachments, um, emotional attachments, as well as like maybe, uh, you know, uh, neuronormal um, is going to be able to attach. Okay. So just kind of thinking big picture, um, the reason I kind of talk about these is because avoidant and ambivalent, like they sound so similar, mm-hmm. right? They both start with A, they both have like the the kid doesn't care if the parent comes back. So if I was ever going to ask a question on this, like if I really wanted to check and see, does um, does a student really know these things? Those are probably the ones I'm going to focus on, like telling the difference between avoidant and ambivalent. So avoidant is when the kid doesn't care when the parent leaves or comes back and that's because they're not taken care of at all and ambivalent is when they care when the parent leaves but don't necessarily care when they come back because that means the care is inconsistent so the parent leaving means you're definitely not getting taken care of parent coming back means you i don't know you might you might not doesn't really make a difference Mm -hmm. okay so good good ones to know again this is for content category 8c in the AAMC psych social um, content um, thingy. <laughs> Outline. Outline. That's what it's called. Awesome. There you go. All right. Another one in the books. All right. There you have it. Again, some more fun MCAT information for you. If you are looking for more MCAT information, some more free MCAT information, check out Next Step Test Prep's free diagnostic MCAT exam. When you sign up for their diagnostic, you also get a full-length exam for free. Now, Next Step, I talk about it all the time. Next Step Test Prep has the second best full-length exams out there, second best only behind the AAMC, the people who make the MCAT. So if you are looking for extra tests or you want a free one, go sign up for their diagnostic and their free first full-length. And if you are looking for anything more, you can use the promo code MCATPOD, that's M-C-A-T-P-O-D, to save 10% on any other full-length exams that you may buy from Next Step Test Prep. Have a great week. We'll see you next time here on the MCAT Podcast. This is MedEd Media.